Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Pastor Bob to tell it like it is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. I didn't push the right button there right away. That was Timothy Spell, the song This Is That. We start the show out every every time with that. I was thinking as I was coming into the studio today, 
that I have done this over a thousand times. That's crazy. Been on the radio. We've been on over 20 years. We, we broadcast from a KDIX AM. That's a radio station here in Dickinson, North Dakota. We are picked up by their website, KDIX.net, and also by Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. So there are three different ways you can be listening tonight. You can be listening on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. You can be listening on KDIX.net, or you can be listening right here locally in Dickinson on your old-fashioned radio uh, in your car or in your kitchen or your bathroom. Had a guy here a while back say, yeah, I was in the bathtub and KDIX was on and you came on the air and I wanted to turn you off because I'm Catholic, but I couldn't get get to it, so I had to listen to it. And he said it wasn't too bad, so he liked it. <laughs> the um, Like I say, over 20 years, you know, 50 weeks, 20 years, over a thousand times doing this radio show. Someday, Lord Terry's, I'll say, I've been on the radio thousands of times. I could say that. I'll have to wait another 20 years to say that. Tim is listening in North Carolina. Hey, you can text me tonight and let me know you're listening, 701-290-7862. That's 701-290-7862. Please don't call me. I'm not going to take any live calls. You can email me if you're you're from out of the country, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. And if you maybe you're not out of the country, but that's the only way you can communicate is by email. Go ahead and do that. We've got... uh, We've got, I said Tim listening in North Carolina. We've got the Willis's listening. Who else is listening? Let me just look through here quickly. We have, um, let's see, we've got Brother Jones listening. We've got uh, Lori and Southheart listening. The um, Gingriches out in Medora are listening. Sister Bretz is listening. What a sweet lady she is. I, I um, just, we all love Sister Bretz. Just a sweet, sweet lady. Nathaniel is listening up in Park River, or no, where are you at? Anyway, Ben Yoder out in Pennsylvania is listening tonight. So good to have everybody, and a whole bunch of people texting me now. We've got the Millers listening in Beach, North Dakota, where we are building a church building that we will, we are having services there now on Tuesday nights at the Beach Community Center, but eventually we'll be having our own church building, and even Sunday services we've got Brother Belgard listening from Colorado, the Honeymooners. I'm trying to figure this out, Brother Belgard. We went to your uh, wedding renewal, but instead of like a 25th anniversary, you did it on the 17th anniversary. Are we supposed to start doing that like every year, like having a wedding renewal? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Got Zach and Leah listening in um, Fargo tonight. I might see them maybe this week. They don't even know that, do they? And I got somebody that texted me said, "Do you have time for lunch tomorrow?" So he's not he's not listening. He just wants to have lunch with me tomorrow. <laughs> oh, anyway, Pastor Bob does pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church, five hundred one Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. Our next service is Wednesday night at seven thirty. Had a great service today. A lot of visitors again, brand new visitors. Like that's every Sunday. Uh, we have. I, I I think I can say that. I'm going to say virtually every Sunday. I guess I should say. We have brand new visitors, and we had visitors that I hadn't seen for a while back. Just, just neat. We just came from a great church camp that uh, was just awesome. We had a church camp where there was holiness preaching, faith preaching, preaching about worship. There were miracles there of healing. There were people filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many people. Um, I guess that's a pretty good. Uh, is a pretty good. Um, uh, 
combination when you get preaching about worship, preaching about faith, and preaching about holiness. I got Brother Portalis trying to call me tonight. Brother Portalis, you can't call me. You got to text me. I think you made a mistake. Anyway, I'm not going to take it. The, um, but, but no wonder we saw the power of God. I mean, we were in incredible services at this church camp. Uh, north of Harvey, our church, the Apostolic Church here in North Dakota, we have a campground that, um, we, it's a, it's a holiness campground and we, uh, just come together, people from all over the state to gather to worship, to seek after God. Um, I think some of the single people come even trying to find a spouse, maybe. That, that nothing wrong with that. But, um, I, you know, if you're going to go fishing for good fish, you better go where the good fish are. That's, you're not going to find them at, down at Joe's Bar. I think the Pentecostal church camp would be better. I feel kind of goofy tonight. I don't know. Hopefully I can get, get to where I'm going. I brought my guitar. I know Brother Portellis wants me to play a song. Brother Portellis, are you listening tonight? He, he, uh, he, he's a man from Wapiton that likes my singing, so maybe he'll ask me to sing a song. Brother Belgard said that the, it was a 17 years on the, they were married 17 years on the 17th of July, and that's their golden anniversary, like a golden birthday. Okay, I see why. Because my wife and I were trying to figure it out. We thought, you know, they were married, you know, they had this really big, um, I mean, fancy, uh, get together up in Minot. These Brother Belgard pastors, um, our church in Dunseith, North Dakota, and they're good friends of ours, and they invited us to their, their, um, wedding renewal of their vows. It was a lot of fun. I uh, just really, really enjoyed myself. So I was really glad to be able to go, and now they're on their second honeymoon down in Colorado. Well, let's see. Where, where, where do I go tonight? I, I, you know what? I had, I've got all kinds of, all kinds of uh, material to do on the radio. In fact, I've got two. I had two um, topics that I was looking at talking about, and then my granddaughter messed it up. I had some. I had what five granddaughters, four granddaughters over at my house today. Oh, they're all teenage granddaughters, and they were telling me a story, and it got me so worked up that I changed my broadcast. And so. Uh, Hopefully this will come across right. I didn't have an incredible amount of time to prepare, but let me just tell you a little story. And I'm going to, you know, I think I am going to keep the name out of it just because, I don't know, just because I will. <clears throat> but they told me there was there is a Christian, a famous Christian songwriter who recently, and a singer, and he's on all the Christian radio stations. And just recently he wrote a song about modesty. And I listened to the song. One of my grandkids said, hey, listen to the song. And it, it was pretty good. It wasn't really real strong about modesty. But, it, I mean, it was pointing people in the right direction, I thought. And the song, the gist of the song was he was just talking about, he was telling his daughter that I don't want you to dress like that. Well, anyway, and so I thought, you know, cool. You know, that I mean, that's this truth that we preach, some of these holiness things, it's not in a some kind of vacuum. I mean, it's the, if you've got a Bible, you're going to come to the same conclusions that I do. And anyway, he got, I found out today, he got so much pressure from writing this song about modesty from Christians and unchristians alike that he pulled the song down. It's not on Spotify anymore. It's not on any, you can't get it on any venue anymore. And then he came out with an apology 
that that really bothered me. It really did. And and that's kind of where I'm going to go tonight. That's what I want to talk about tonight. And I have authority to talk about it. And I'm going to tell you where I get my authority. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. And here's where I get my authority. Paul said, These things speak, exhort, and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. So, we are mandated by the Apostle Paul, who was writing under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, to speak some things, to speak them, to exhort them, and to rebuke those that won't listen to them. It's a mandate. Why are so many churches not speaking about these things anymore? You know, why aren't churches speaking about some of these topics about denying ungodliness, worldly lusts, living soberly, righteously, godly in this present world, uh, purifying, he's purifying unto himself a peculiar people, set apart different, considered strange by people that don't understand. Well, Brother Portalis, where is he? He's listening. He wants me to sing a song. What song should I sing? Let's see here. Should be I should be ready to do this instead of just goofing around with my guitar here, but I wasn't. So let me think here. Oh, that didn't sound right. Live radio. There we go. <coughs> got a cough. I got a church camp cough. Yelling and worshiping and praying and <coughs> singing until. I think, you know, we started service at 7 every night, and we got out. I don't know if we got out any earlier than 10. Some of you think that sounds boring. We were having great services. God was moving. I think we one of the services, it might have been after 11, 11.30 when we got done, finally got to have a taco or whatever. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> Maybe I won't sing, Brother Paul. I don't know. <clears throat> in these last days that we're living in, Many people have been blessed by the gift of God's Holy Spirit, but you know they don't like holiness. They want to keep their long hair and their beer, their mini skirts and their TVs too. Did I just get censored by Twitter? But it takes a lot more than just talking in tongues to do what God wants you to do. Got to be in the ship with the master sailor if you want to make it through life's stormy sea. There's no room for middle-of-the-road Christianity. Got to be in the ship or out. There's no room to leave for doubt. Just say now if I do this, Jesus smile on me. 
some people they get the Holy Ghost and they think that is enough. They want no part of that one God's stuff. Well, they'll baptize you in the titles and they'll tell you you're all set. But if you don't go down in Jesus' name, friend, you're just getting wet. Got to be in the ship with the master sailor if you want to make it through life's storm, you see. There's no room for middle-of-the-road Christianity. Got to be in the ship or out. There's no room to leave for doubt. Just say now, if I do this, will Jesus smile on me? Well, there's no room to compromise with Satan and his lies. This world can't satisfy you anymore. Don't need its amusements, styles, or dress to bring you happiness. Come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. Come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. Got to be in the ship with the master sailor If you want to make it through life's stormy sea There's no room for middle-of-the-road Christianity Got to be in the ship or out There's no room to leave for doubt Just say now, if I do this, will Jesus smile on me? Just say now, if I do this, will Jesus smile on me? got to get in that ship if you're going to get to heaven. And uh, I know I've been talking about it a lot lately on the air about holiness and separation, but tonight I want to just talk about how we are mandated by God, and we got to speak these things. You know, the influence of misunderstood grace has been silencing people talking about the topic that I'm going to talk about tonight. There's an overall attitude amongst many evangelical churches and Christian churches that is this. Don't feel bad for anything that you might do, think, say, wear, places you go, because grace covers it. So don't feel bad about it. Don't feel bad about anything you do. Don't feel anything about anywhere you go. Don't feel anything bad about what you watch or see, because grace covers it. When, in reality, my text in Titus chapter 2 shows us that grace teaches us things. Grace, uh, when it's properly working in our life, will lead and instruct us. Because while we try to become more relevant to our culture, we become less true to the very character of, of what it means to be a Bible-based Christian. You know, I mean, look at this. Grace, in Titus 2.11, the grace of God teaches us, verse 12, that we need to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. And we need to live soberly. That means, just what you think it means, stay away from mind-altering substances. You know, I mean, that's, that's what it means. You know, you say, well, it means more than that. Yes, it means more than that, but that's the minimum of what it means. <clears throat> God doesn't want you to drink. God doesn't want you to take mind-altering drugs. I had somebody uh, mention to me here a couple weeks ago, Pastor Bob, well, 
your church serves coffee. I told him, don't don't be ridiculous. This is not a mind-altering drug. I mean, it's kind of like uh, <coughs> you, uh, if you're tired and you eat an orange and you get energy, that's not a mind-altering drug. <coughs> I mean, people that are saying that are trying to find an excuse to start drinking, I think. But it sounds to me like. I mean, anybody that's ever been around anybody whose life has been destroyed by drinking will tell you that a person that drinks a cup of coffee or five cups of coffee every day doesn't, I mean, they're not having the same problems as somebody that's drinking Budweiser. So the Bible says that I have, I'm supposed to speak, exhort, and rebuke with all authority that you should stop drinking. Stop your doping. You know, um, we live in a free country, so it's kind of a tough thing here. We got one of the worst drugs of all legal, alcohol, and then we're throwing people in jail for smoking pot. Well, I'm against smoking pot, too. It makes you lazy. It's an hallucinogenic drug. I believe it opens up your mind to the um, dark side, the dark world. I believe that. You, you know, it's my show. I can believe whatever I want. But I'd, I've, I've been there. I've done that. I've, I used to be a drug user. Uh, it's dark. It's demonic. Um, it, it really is. But, you know, these people that think, well, I might, you know, at least I don't take drugs. I might drink. Well, I'm against all of it. Because the Bible says that we need to live soberly. Scripture says be sober because we have an enemy that's trying to take advantage of us. So I, I'm not making this stuff up. You know, you Christians out there in Radio Land, I mean, the Christians that go to our church here in Dickinson, they, they know what I believe. Now, that doesn't mean they all do it, but they know what I believe. I tell people all the time, I'd love to be your pastor, but that's your choice. Just because you come to a church where it says Pastor Bob Simons doesn't mean I'm your pastor, if you're still drinking. If I'm your pastor, why don't you, uh, before the show's over, why don't you go and crash those bottles and dump them down the sink and throw them away and be done with that business? I don't care if you have a problem or not with it. You say, well, man, you're getting kind of strong. No, I'm just doing what Paul said. He told Titus, these things speak, exhort, and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. So don't text me and despise me because it says I'm not supposed to let you. So we we are supposed to live soberly. Then it says we're supposed to live righteously and godly, and there's a difference. Paul used two different words there because he wanted to tell us there's a difference. Living righteously means simply doing what's right, being honest, uh, being good, uh, you know, paying your bills, uh, not lying, not not cheating on your taxes, doing what's right. You know, not watching pornography. Uh, you know, just do what's right. Do what's what is the right thing to do. But then he takes it a step farther, and he says we need to live godly in this present world. And godly means it's a it's a step more than righteously, because there are some things that God expects out of his people that don't have anything to do with morality. What did you say? Yeah, I said that. There are things that God expects of his people that don't fall in the category of morality. Like, for instance, in 1 Corinthians, it says that a woman should let her hair grow long. That's what it says. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with morality. But that's something that has to do with godliness. 
says that a man, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. So that has something to do with godliness. You see, righteousness and godliness are similar, but they're different. There are, there are certain things that God expects from his people just because that's what he wants us to do. It's godliness. Ooh. <clears throat> I'm getting a lot of text tonight. So far, I'm just kind of perusing them. I'm not really reading them. So far, nobody's mad. Or at least the mad people aren't texting me. But I, I'm, I'm attacking tonight. Yes, I am on the attack. But we are living in a world. You know what the world does? I love people. What people that don't know God, what they're doing, and how they dress, and how they live, you know, they just don't know. But tonight I'm talking to you that say that you're Christians. God expects more out of you. There's a famous country singer named Dolly Parton. And uh, she she's known for being a good person. She's known for even singing religious music. But how does she dress? What's her presentation? You see, righteously, righteousness and godliness, the grace of God teaches us things. Like, if you have the grace of God going in your life, it's going to show you some things we, that we didn't need to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, and we need to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Well, I might talk a little bit tonight about modesty. If you missed the first part of the program, I was talking about how a very famous Christian singer who's all over Christian radio wrote a song a few months ago about modesty and was completely severely criticized for this song and now has taken the song back. You can't listen to the song anymore and has even apologized for a pretty decent song. And I'm like, what? Like, are, are, are you... Like, are you a chicken? I mean, what? what? What's going on? All right, let me just take a little breather here. I'm going to play a little song. Text me tonight, 701-290-7866.
Listening to the Tell It Like It Is show, that was uh, Bill Farron, a very good evangelist who's got this CD. It's not new anymore, but it's certainly worth getting. It's uh, called The Captain by Bill Farron, F-E-R-R-I-N, and um, I, w- I wish he would put out some more music. I really would. Got a lot of people listening tonight. Um, 
My brother Ron Listening's got a new granddaughter. Congratulations to the, to him for that. We have a couple listeners that listen uh, religiously on this program that he uh, she listens from Harvey, North Dakota, and he listens from Iowa, and they just got engaged this weekend at our church camp. So uh, congratulations to them, and um, his last name is Loopy. I guess everybody calls him Brother Loopy. Congratulations to him and Jody on their uh, engagement. Tonight, I'm just doing what the Scripture says. It says that I, I'm i supposed to speak, exhort, rebuke, and let nobody despise me. And then it gives me my topic. I'm supposed to talk about being sober, being righteous, being godly, um, that we need to let him purify us unto himself, a peculiar people. And this is all the fault of my granddaughters who told me about this famous Christian singer that just backed down on a song he had written on modesty and deleted it because of pressure. Let me just digress a little bit. Uh, pressure. What is this, some kind of popularity contest? Um, I mean, like... like um, and, and isn't this America? I mean, like, okay, you're listening to this tell it like it is radio show, and you don't agree with a word of what I'm saying. That's okay. I mean, we still we still are, are American citizens, you know. I um, pay my taxes. You pay your taxes. We we might even be neighbors. You know, we might even have coffee together. We just don't agree. What what's the deal with deleting everybody and and uh, you know, like I'm not on Facebook and I'm not on Twitter, but. But, like, if I was, I mean, so I say something they don't like and they take me off, I mean, like, that seems dumb to me. When so many people are saying things that are really dumb and they don't take them off. So, tonight, my intent is not to anger you, but I want to bring across to you a a Bible, what the Bible has to say about being godly. I mean, being godly is, is the opposite of living like this world. I mean, our culture is represented in our entertainment. And in our entertainment world, dictates dictates the styles and the clothing. That's why my friends from other countries, like, for instance, Ethiopia, have told me that outside of the big city where entertainment's starting to take over, television, movies, American television and movies, um, the people still live in a more godly way. There, there. You know what? I, I love America, so don't don't text me and say, "Why don't you move to Ethiopia?" No, I love America, but I'm just telling you, other cultures have some neat things going on. Like, there were some people in um, the, at our church camp from Ethiopia. These are good friends of mine, and he was saying he wants to learn to play the guitar so he can sing to his wife. And she said, "No, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that." Finally, I said, "Why don't you want him to do that?" She said, "In Ethiopia, we can only sing if we're singing to God or about God." And even if it's a a national song, it has to have God in it. It has to give the glory to God. Otherwise, we can't sing. And I thought, that is interesting to me. I mean, some of these cultures are just neat. I mean, that. I mean, just imagine reserving your singing, not to talk about a, a long, cool woman in a black dress, but to talk about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But right now, our entertainment world is dictating style and clothing. 
from from music stars, movie stars, entertainment stars, magazines. There has been a war waging on every Christian virtue. The culture that we live in celebrates the very things that the Scripture instructs us to avoid. And so when I talk about these topics tonight, and, and maybe maybe somebody's going to get mad at me like they did this Christian singer, I'm not going to apologize. Unless I could have said it in a better way, you know, maybe I, you know, I can apologize for that. A, a clearer way so you could understand it. But no, I'm not going to apologize. This, you know, we are, we are living in a world that is going berserk. And it's being led, the charge is being led by people that aren't really very smart. I mean, some of these movie stars, they're coming out and saying, now, well, we're not even going to tell our babies whether they're boys or girls. We'll let them decide that later. Well, hopefully they got some good grandparents or somebody in their life that, that'll help them because these kids are going to grow messed up. <clears throat> and my question is, why do you want to watch a movie or why do you want to watch a movie that this producer is producing? I mean, what is he going to teach you? If you've got an eighth grade education, if you've got no education, you're smart enough to know whether somebody's a boy or a girl. And you're smart enough to know there's a difference between boys and girls. Always has, always will be. And if the world tries to blur that line, it's going to bring nothing but confusion to this world. And so our culture is being dictated by bullies that are music stars, entertainment stars, um, fashion stars, and they're telling us this is what normal is. And I'm like, what right do they have to tell anybody anything? Sounds like I'm bitter, doesn't it? I'm not. I don't even know these people. If I did know these people, I'd pray for them. If I knew these people, I'd visit with them. But why? I mean, you know, there, there often there's no difference between a person in what in what a person in Hollywood wears, and what's worn by a person who claims to be a Christian. Um. You know this. This. Um, this is a. Uh, I mean, here again. Now, this show is for everybody tonight. I'm not telling you if you're not a Christian, not supposed to listen. Of course not. But even people that aren't Christians would know that if you claim to be a Christian, you should do what the Bible says. Right. You know th- you should. Like, that's what we would expect Christians to do. But instead, uh, I mean, I, I just tried to read a little bit about my, what I, what was kind of instigated my program about this Christian singer who was being attacked because he wrote a song about modesty. Then he backed down and said, I, you know, I was just joking anyway. I mean, that was even sadder than pulling it off. But the people attacking him were saying all kinds of unfair things about people like me that believe that Christians should dress modestly, not just girls. See, this the people that were attacking this guy said, oh, 
these Christians think girls should cover up because they say that men are, you know, are sexualized because they see immodest women and then they attack them and they blame these women for these men going to hell. Listen, the reason I preach modesty and talk about it is because the Bible does. It has nothing to do with my culture. I think men and women should be modest. Yes, there is a difference between men and women. Yes, men are. Men are tempted to look. Women are tempted, are tempted to show. I mean, that's... I might say that a few times here in the program. Men are tempted to look. Women are tempted to show. And both of those are wrong. If you think that I'm blaming some man going to hell for immorality on some woman that isn't dressed right, you're wrong. I'm not doing that. 1 Timothy 2.9 says, In like manner, also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. See, this isn't about sexism. This isn't about, oh, Pastor Bob, you're a man. That's why you're talking about. No, this isn't about this. This is talking about what the Scripture says. And if you're a Christian, why would you wear what you would wear to a bar? Why would you wear less clothes to a beach than you'd wear in your bedroom? Like, like that is not modest. And you say, well, what are you, some kind of, are, you know, are you having a problem, Pastor Bob? Or you, you, you know, are you having a problem with lust? No, I, this is not what this is about. It's not about what I'm talking about, about me. You see, that is so unfair. That is so judgmental. When you take a Bible topic and then try to destroy the Bible topic because of abuses in this world. The Bible teaches us that we're supposed to dress modestly. What? does modesty look like? You know it when you see it. And you also know when its principle is being violated. <clears throat> we had a couple girls in church today. We, As I said, we had a lot of visitors in church. I can see I'm not going to get done with this program. But, hey, Paul, I might try to sing another song, though, so don't, don't fall asleep. The, um, we, you know, we had a couple girls in church today that are Amish. They're, they're Amish girls, sweet girls, man, nice ladies. And they're out here working in Medora. These aren't ex-Amish like some of the people we have in our church. These girls are still Amish. And they were dressed modestly. And they looked nice. I mean, they had their Amish outfits on. Their Amish outfits cover their body. They're not tight-fitting. They're uh, not revealing. And I told these girls, I said, we're not Amish, you know, we use electricity and we drive cars, but we get it. Like, we understand where you're coming from. And I told these girls, we, um, uh, one of our girls, one of our church girls was sitting next to them. I said, she, she doesn't dress immodestly. She doesn't cut her hair like the Bible teaches. I said, she doesn't watch that trash on television programming in Hollywood. Crash. Well, oh, you know what? I'm running out of time, but I still got to take a breather. Hang in there. Text me, 701 290 7862. Turn them as they run, suddenly you're gone. Sit and watch the box all day. Morning, night, and noon, never leave the room. Hey! 
much But you won't even make your baby lunch You think that's life? No, 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 no Mash three times a day What's Oprah got to say? Gotta leave her for the beat What's on HBO? Her I'll the water no check Ran I out before you leave Couch potato Pastor Bob, don't be a couch potato living on remote control. Not only is it worldly, it's a waste of our precious, precious time that we're supposed to be giving to others and giving to God. And I could preach about those addictive type of entertainments just based on that. Hey, thanks for all the texts tonight. Wow. The uh, people are, you know, so far people are saying nice things to me. And the Bible says you're supposed to. It says you're not supposed to. Let no man despise thee. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. What things? Titus 2, 12, that we need to teach, that the grace of God teaches that we need to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. We're supposed to let God perfect holiness in us. And I believe we're supposed to be part of that process. I think we need to practice it. Practice till you get it right. So, it's biblical for us to dress modestly. Pastors are going to have to grow a backbone and teach it specifically. They need to define modesty. They need to suggest guidelines for modesty. Christian parents are going to have to exercise God-given responsibility to not only teach it, but to require modesty out of their children. Proverbs 7 and 10, the writer said, And behold, there met him a woman woman, with the attire of a harlot. What does that mean? How do you dress like a harlot? And why would you want your 13-year-old daughter to dress like that? That's dumb. And especially if you say you're a Christian, that's dumb. Uh, you know... If you don't know anything about God and you're listening to this and you just felt like I insulted you, I still think it's dumb. You know, I mean, why would you want your daughter to dress like a prostitute? I mean, that doesn't seem right. How can Christians wear less to the beach than they were to bed and obey the mandate of modesty? How can Christians flash their cleavage and their thighs and be an example of godliness. How can Christians wear styles and fashions that might be found downtown in the red light desert district and claim to be virtuous? 
Oh, you say, Pastor Bob, don't do radio programs like this in front of everybody. No, listen, folks, this is our day. Churches are closing. People are leaving God all over our world. And they're looking for something that's real. They're looking for something that's true. True Christianity, true holiness, true righteousness, true godliness does not turn off this world. But this world is uh, is amazed by it. This wor- it gives this world hope. <coughs> the only people that this topic is going to turn off are people that are backsliding. People that are cold, crusty, dusty Christian people that aren't spiritual, and they're constantly wanting to go against the Word of God, and they're looking for somebody to tell them that it's okay. Pastor Bob is not that somebody. If you want to go to a church that makes you feel comfortable, don't come to our church. Because we're trying to get a group of people to heaven. That's what we're trying to do. We reach out to everybody, and once you come, we try to disciple you and help you to to learn about Jesus and learn about what he expects. And then the next step is we want you to start doing the same thing. Once you get on your feet, now you're starting to reach out. But being comfortable has nothing to do with being in, in the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, outside of the if the air conditioner's working. You know, there there is... There is a ridiculousness going on in our world today because people will not stand up and say that's wrong or this is right. And if they do say something's wrong or something's right, they're criticized, and as soon as they're criticized, they chick it out and say, oh, I'm so sorry I shouldn't have said that. Bunch of cowards. Years ago, there was a man named David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson was a preacher from kind of a country preacher. God called him to go to New York City and work with the drug addicts, the gang members, and the prostitutes in New York City. And he had quite a bit of success there. In fact, um, he became very famous in the 60s and 70s. I came to God in the 70s, and I had read some of David Wilkerson's books. In a quote in one of his books, I'm not sure which book it was, David Wilkerson said he did a survey of people that he was working with there in New York. These are gang members, drug addicts, winos, prostitutes, street people, And he asked them in one word, sum up the establishment. Now, the establishment, if you're from the 60s or 70s, you know what I mean. Uh, The hippies called people that worked and paid their bills and were part of, you know, kind kind of productive society, they called them the establishment. The teachers, policemen, their parents, you know, the, the people that own businesses, they called them the establishment. And David Wilkerson asked these street people, In one word, sum up the establishment. And the word that he heard over and over and over was coward. 
they wouldn't tell us when we were wrong. How can you claim to love people, Christian brother or sister, if you won't even tell people what right and wrong is? Let me say this again. Pastors are going to have to get a backbone. You're going to have to grow one if you don't have one. You're going to have to teach what godliness is specifically. You're going to have to define it. You can't just get up and say, we need to live godly. No, you need to tell us what it means. Like tonight I'm talking about modesty. There's more to it than that. And then they need to suggest guidelines to help people live it. Like, if you're going to be modest, you know, wear this type of clothing. You know, make sure your neckline's high enough. Make sure your skirts and pants go down far enough. You know, make for men pants and skirts for women. Make sure <coughs> that, you know, you don't wear tight, form-fitting clothing, which when you get old like me, you wouldn't want to anyway. But but the, the point is, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Just because the world's wearing something doesn't mean you should. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Lord, send us a revival of holiness and biblical modesty. Pastor Bob pastors the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Address is 501 Elks Drive. Here's our schedule. Uh, Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock Sunday school, 11 o'clock worship service. Everyone is welcome. We have Wednesday night church service, 730. Um, If you're a person that believes in prayer, before all of our services, we have prayer, half hour before service. We have a spot we gather to pray, and I encourage all that are that are in our church to do that if they can and come together and pray Friday mornings at 7.30 is a, or excuse me, at 6 a.m. is a men's Bible study. Just about always 99% or more of the time there's food to eat there, coffee to drink. And um, we have a man named Ben Lee leading those Bible studies this morning. Good man in our church, or this week, I should say, or this summer. Also on Tuesday nights in Beach at the Beach Community Center at 7.30, we have a service in Bowman. Thursday nights at 7.30, right on Main Street in Bowman, we have a church, a service at 7.30, and Sunday mornings there at 10.30. We have Pentecostal churches in Beach. We have Pentecostal churches in Glendive. We have Pentecostal churches in Newtown, Minot, uh, Beulah, Bismarck, all around this area. And I can point you to those. I've been giving out my personal cell phone number, cell phone number throughout the broadcast, 701-290-7862. I told Paul I'd sing him another song, so let's try to do that before we run out of time tonight. Let's see what. Let's see. How about one I wrote? You know, um, there was a man that was demon-possessed in Mark chapter 5. And he was a tough case. There was actually two men there. Uh, one of them was a very, very tough case. He was filled with maybe a thousand demons, you know, very out of his mind. Uh, and, and Jesus came 
and across the sea of, and he went looking specifically for this man, cast the demons out into a herd of pigs. And the Bible said when the town people came out, they saw the man and he was clothed and in his right mind. You know, get some clothes on. You know, go ahead and get some clothes on. It's what Christians ought to look like. It's what they ought to do. All right, here's a song I wrote a few years ago. I had been dying among these old tombs, lonely, naked, and confused. My life was hopeless, nothing left for me, only to wait in misery. The day that I saw him walking down my shore, I could not believe he came for me. I ran to his feet. Began to worship him. The next thing I knew, I was free. I was free from the chains that had surrounded me. I had been blind, but now I see. The chains of my sin. Had surrounded me Now lay broken at his feet They're no longer part of me They lay broken at his feet I'm not the man I used to be And it feels so good to be free, good to be free, free from the chains of my misery. My sins all ran and were choked in the sea. Now look at me, I'm sitting free at his feet. Feels so good. To be free, good to be free, free from the chains of my misery. My sins all ran and were choked in the sea. Now look at me, I'm sitting free. Look at me, I'm sane and free. Look at me, I'm clothed and free, sitting at his feet. Lord Jesus, tonight as we close down this program, God, I pray that you would there would be a revival of holiness. God, that Christian people all across this country, God, would start steering their way back if they've left it to godliness and righteousness, soberness, We just pray tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless you. Next Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time, 
hoping to be, hoping to be here for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. In the meantime, get a hold of us. God bless. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, out of darkness into his marvelous light. chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, out of darkness into his marvelous light, out of darkness into his marvelous light, come on, come on, come on, come on, out of darkness into his marvelous light. Should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, come on, come on. Marvelous light. Come on out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on out of darkness into his marvelous Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com.
The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.